Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, Dane here. Just wanted to pop in real quick before the start of the episode to give you guys a heads up. The audio of the next couple of episodes are not up to the usual snuff that you guys are used to hearing from us. But rest assured, we are going to be fixing that. But for now, please enjoy the new episode of What's New Barkeep. Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's New Barkeep. I'm Dane. I'm Luke. And it's been a hot minute. So, just up top, for those of you who don't know anything about the upper Midwest, we got our asses curb stomped. Hard. Especially where we are. Yeah, we were without power for a couple of days. And then, even when we got power back... Me and Rose were at a con. Yep, so in all honesty, it just turned out to be Mother Nature giving us the middle finger. Yeah, so we're going to try to get you two episodes in your feed, hopefully this week, or at least this sometime week. this weekend. Yeah, either this weekend, one this weekend, and hopefully something in the middle of the week, we don't know. A lot of stuff is up in the air. The other bad news... We have no photography equipment anymore. Nope. So basically our lighting thing basically blew out on us, so we're not going to get nearly as much crystal clear pictures, so we're like, you know what? It's not going to bother. Yeah, no, no point, because otherwise all you guys see is a grayed out mess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's some more of our friggin', whatever you want to call this, housekeeping. Yeah, a little bit of our housekeeping. I mean, I don't think I've told Luke this. Fun fact, I slept through that entire thing. <laughs> I don't know how. I was actually working at that time, and literally, when we were at, it was actually in the break room, I just saw the lights, there was a fan going on, I saw the lights dim, and just heard the fan go, I'm like, uh, hell no, I'm grabbing a flashlight. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't know how I did that. So. (laughs) But let's probably get to our actual episode, though, so let's get to our first drink, Yeah, let's get to our first drink, and oh boy, speaking of... Devils running across the Midwest. Let's start off with one. The Black Devil. I am not thrilled with this. I am not thrilled with this at all. No, and that's because of a couple ingredients, but yes. Well, here's the thing. Well, I'll let Dane go through the ingredients, and I'll tell you why I am not thrilled with this. So, if you want to make your own Black Devil, you will need some light rum, some dry vermouth, and a black olive. So, here's the thing. I don't like martinis in general. I don't like vermouth in general. And I don't like olives in general. And it's a, it's a triple threat he just can't get over. This is going to suck for me. I'm just going to take a sip. Fuck this noise. Yeah, All right. right. Three, Three, two, two one. one. Okay. It's not as bad as I was expecting. It's not great. That's not as bad as I was expecting. It is definitely not that good. Is it better than a regular gin martini? Yes. But that's only because I can maybe stomach this. Maybe. 
Either way, I'm going to say that's a no from me, Cap. Yeah, same. Well, we just hit kind of a nasty drink, so we're going to hit a bit of a rough subject here. Boy. Especially on my end. So, the question that was given to me was, how do you keep a relationship going, and why you should care to keep it going? So, first and foremost, I'm going to say this right off the top. Not every relationship needs to continue. Now, I'm not saying that, like, oh, you're just jaded, yada, yada. No, no, I'm saying... Fact matters, there are relationships that are stupidly toxic on one end or both ends, and they should just not be together. This one's going to mostly fall on my end, isn't it? I mean, I've had a little bit of experience. Like, I can speak of red flags mm-hmm. a little bit that might come up as you're going in or going through it. Yeah, I'm going to say this right now. One of the, as cliche as this is, one of the things that to keep a relationship going is communication. And communication is a great thing to have, a keep thing to keep relationship going. However, there's one more thing you need to do. Compromise. Because you can communicate all you friggin' want, but if one party is not giving back, you're, it's not a communication anymore. It's basically, this is my way or the highway. And that is not a relationship, that is a dictatorship. And I will say flat out, just think about what happens to, a, to anything when it's very unwilling to bend. A lot of times, it snaps under enough pressure. That or the person just goes around and leaves. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things that I understand that for a lot of people, trust is a hard thing. It really is, because especially if you've been in the dating game for a long, long time, it's really easy for someone to be like, want you for, I don't know, a little bit of, this is going to be a little incelly. I understand that. But there are people out there who will be like, I only want you for sex. Or I only want you to pay for my food. I only want you for, I don't know, I'm having a bad day and I want someone to talk to. And again, for friendship and whatnot, that's not a bad thing. But in the dating scene, I can understand why that's a, you would feel a bit weary about that. Because it's not like you're in high school anymore. You start, you know these people and you talk to them day to day. You're on a dating app. You're trying to get further in a relationship. So I can understand why that's a bit... You can feel a bit weary on that. Yes, and one thing I did see that I think is actually a pretty good idea as well is usually you want to give it the nine-month rule. Please explain. The nine-month rule is that when you first meet someone, you aren't actually meeting them. You're meeting a representation of them. Oh, you're seeing their mask, basically. Yeah, you're meeting their mask. Okay, yeah, I could get that. And how it kind of works is that when you first meet them, they have this mask fully on all the time when they're around you. Mm -hmm. About three months in, the mask will start to come off a little bit. They'll start to peek their head out every so often, but the mask is still there. Mm -hmm. Six months in, it's about a little bit. The mask is coming halfway off. And at about nine months, mask comes fully off. And out comes a baby. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) the mask comes off entirely and you actually see who the person is underneath. Granted, that's not a person to person, that's not person to person thing. So that's like, take that as a person to person basis. Mm -hmm. I will say though, if you don't like the representative that you're seeing, run. Mm -hmm. So here's the other thing that we're kind of ignoring, because this is just a sticky thing in general. Why should you care to keep a relationship going? This is a tricky question. It is very, very tricky. Because most people are saying, well, because you love them. And yes and no. Because, again, keeping relationships going because you love them, that's fine and dandy if you're in a healthy relationship. Because, again, it's communication, give and take, yada, yada, yada. But why should you care if you're not in a good relationship? 
That one I don't have an answer for. Because if you're not in a good relationship, why should you care? Yeah. Why should you care if they're not willing to bend? Why should you care if they're not willing to help? Why should you care if they're, you know? Yeah. That was one of the fallacies that I found myself running into a lot. Mm -hmm. Which was after a certain while, they just stopped caring. Yeah, basically, this is one of those things that I feel we should probably clarify. Passion and caring are two different things. Because when you're first starting out, of course you care, because you're passionate about it. But for caring in a relationship that's been going on for years, that's a totally different thing. Because the passion is still there, the love is still there, it's just it's not the fiery passion you first started with. So you're going to mistake that. But I don't have this fiery passion, so that means I don't love them anymore? No, it's a totally different kind of love. So again, if they are not... you Basically, when this happens, you have to identify, are you in a good relationship? And if you can say... And again, this is one of those things that we can't really give a straight answer for. We're not qualified, really. I'm only qualified in my experience. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a relationship expert. All I can say is, if you're going to miss a person more when you're with them than you are without them, that I feel like is and it's a good or bad relationship. Within reason. There's, of course, caveats. Major caveats. I will say flat out, if you feel like they're trying to isolate you, like you're not going to notice it at first, but if you feel like they're starting to get a little angry that you're not spending time with them, that's a big, big problem. That's starting one of the first stages of abuse. Again, we don't have good answers for this one. We can talk about this. We can say, hey, why should you care? The question is, because you're devoted, or maybe you shouldn't care. It really depends on your situation. There's no flat answer to this. There's never going to be a flat answer to this. No, there never will be a flat answer to it, because every single person's head, as we said previously, mm -hmm. every single person learns and experiences things differently. Mm -hmm. And every relationship is different. And the other thing, I will say this right now, with exceptions to domestic abuse and toxic relationships, do not judge a relationship based on others. No. If you are in a healthy relationship, and you guys are happy with each other, and there's nothing wrong in the relationship, be the weirdos you want to be. Don't be like Steve and Brendan next door, or Martha and John, or whatever. Just be you. Exactly. If you go to a place and you're getting weird looks from people, but you two are having a blast, mm -hmm. flip them the bird. Quack. For those of you wondering what the heck that was, he has a chocobo plushie sitting on the table. Quack. Quack back. <laughs> so, we got through why should you why you sh why you should care, but how do you keep a relationship going? That's worth keeping going. Let's say. In your brain, the passion is kind of stalled. Yeah, the fiery passion is kind of burned. And here's where I'm going to say, a fiery passion is nice and all, but it doesn't... Fiery passion is great for short bursts. Mm -hmm. But if you let that fire burn a little too long, you're going to get yourself burned. Fiery passion is great in the beginning, because you're basically getting the, hot, the passion, everything you want, from being in a relationship. When things go quote-unquote cold... It's not going cold. You're just repurposing the heat. You basically spread that heat out. Because you're no longer being like, I want to have sex with this person. I want to romanticize this person constantly. I want to love blah, 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 blah. You got their love now. Now they just show their love in different ways. You're basically, it's like taking, what's that called? That heat can. Oh, 
Yeah, it's like taking what they call cage, I think. I forget what it's called, but it's basically butane that you light up, and it's just a straight-up fire propane heat source. Yeah. Basically, you're taking that, but you're using it to light a grill. That grill has just about the same amount of heat. Well, honestly, the grill has more heat, but it's spread across more, so you don't notice it. Instead of it all being in one concentrated point, Mm -hmm. it's everywhere. Basically, as long as you show that you love them in the way that they appreciate being loved, that's how you keep a relationship going. You don't need to be that guy that gives a dozen roses every other day. You don't need to be that girl that has to expect to wear lingerie daily. You just need to show that you love them and you care about them and you want to be with them. Okay, but I think we're getting a little sappy here. We are. (laughs) Sadly, this is mostly falling on Luke, because Mm -hmm. when it comes to my experience in the field, there's very little of it, and it's not that great. Quack. Exactly. (laughs) Quack. So with that, we should probably take our first break. Yep, I agree. We'll be right back after this message. And we're back. We're back. And we've got another drink for you that's a little bit lighter. And honestly, I think I'm going to like this one a lot more. I think we both are. So, our second drink for today is called the Cuba Libre. What's in a Cuba Libre? Well, to make your own, you need half a lime. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm serious. Half a lime, the whole thing. Yep. Light rum and chilled cola. This is basically a fancier rum and coke. It definitely is what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to complain. I like rum and coke. Oh, absolutely. I'm amazed we didn't do one ever. Well, it's one of those, like, basic things I feel like would kind of be cheating the system. I mean, it is still a drink. I guess, but whatever. Three, Three, two, two, one. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, that is a dangerous drink. That really is. Because that lime floats right to the top, and even if you don't get a whole lot of lime from the bottom... It soaks that Coke and just gives it that nice little lemp, that limey acidity. Yep, I can taste that, that hint of lime, so it's basically like drinking a lemon-lime cola. I can't taste any of the rum in this. Neither can I. That's I might actually order this at a bar. Like, legit, I, I give this my recommendation. Yeah, this is actually pretty dang good. If you like rum and Coke, you're mm-hmm. definitely going to like this. Especially if you like just a little bit of sourness or just a little bit of just to spice things up. This is not a bad drink. Not at all. So what are we talking about, Dane? Well, for a lighter drink, we need a lighter subject. Mm -hmm. So this time, why don't we go into the animosity that some pet owners can have towards others? Like, why don't we start with the most basic one, cats versus dogs? That's, I think I kind of have an answer for this one. It's not one that everyone's going to be happy with. I think it boils down to toxic masculinity. Because if you really think about it, anytime any kind of man is portrayed, right? Unless it's a joke, what are they always lined up with? Yep, it's a dog. And usually it's medium to big. And cat owner, if it's a male, it's usually considered the, mind you, this doesn't exist, but for a comparison, the beta male. Yeah. The one that are effeminate or whatever. And it's one of those things that I feel like, I don't know how this really cropped up, if you really think about it. Because Egyptians have adored cats for fucking millennia. So how the hell did the weak man get assigned to cats? 
I think it's more of a poisoning from quote unquote European thinking. Maybe. I mean, to be fair, the Mediterranean was in good standing with Egypt, so I don't know why it would be poisoning the well in that regard. I mean, think about how they thought back, you know, way back in ye old times. But again, a lot of this trade and whatnot came from Egypt. And yeah. They, granted, they saw them as exotic, but they still had a good on good terms with them. So I'm guessing, I don't know where it started from, so I'm kind of curious what the hell happened. Yeah, that is an interesting thing, especially where the term came from, like, man's best friend. Mm-hmm. Like that one, I have no idea. Because the other thing is, you can basically say... Actually, I just had a thought. Hmm. I think I have an idea where it came from, and that's because, in terms of human history, cats are still relatively new to do- domestication. As if they're domesticated already, let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> True that. When you get down to it, as far as we know, dogs came from wolves. Mm-hmm. Wolves that were way back when humans were still nomads. Mm-hmm. And they would use these wolves to hunt bigger beasts, all that kind of thing. So the wolf became very well known, or in this case, the dog became very well known as man's oldest best friend. Cats relatively didn't come into domestication until about 200,000 years ago. I think I might have another reason why this is the case. Because back in the day, a lot of places like Germanic, Slavic, whatever you want to call it, when they had these like giant wolf dogs, they were considered barbaric and just big and bulky and ugly and messy and whatever, right? And that was considered a bad thing. And being someone like from Egypt, where they're just clean, fancy, educated, etc., that was considered a good thing. But when as centuries went on, that kind of ideal flipped. Where it became that the bigger one was the better one. Mm-hmm. Which I could also see that being a thing. But as to why there's so much animosity behind it, though, that's the one thing I'm not entirely sure on. I really don't get it either. I mean, if you look, going back to Egypt, Mm -hmm. looking at Egyptian myth, cats were supposed to be the, oh, what do you want to call it? Like the high, holy, whatever. Yeah, cats were supposed to be the the soul keepers, basically. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to grab someone's dead soul and bring them to the underworld. So while... Dogs helped humans hunt. Cats were the... The cats were basically the, for like term, the housekeepers. Yeah. Cats were the home protectors. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, though. We're getting to the point of why. Why do we... we can, we're basically thinking, like, why the ideal... Well, ideal in quotes. Why these kind of shifts happened. We don't... We're not really getting to the point of why dog... And cats owners are, I feel like, I think I know what it is. Well, not so much that I know what it is, it's a theory. I think it's the fact of how someone is making fun of your best friend. Because if you really think about it, oh, I'm going to say it's all sounding sexist as fuck. How about this? Dogs were typically considered stupid as fuck. Mm-hmm. Because everything is their favorite thing, as long as you're with them, they're happy. While cats were usually seen as mischievous little gremlins, I think, and what I'm what my thing is, I think it's a fact of you look at a pet ownership as their best friend, and you can basically have groups of like basically saying, "Oh, my best friend is I like them because of this reason, and I like my best friend because of this reason," and they're two entirely different personalities, and one personality, and one kind of person hates the other person's best friend. 
I think that it boils down to, because cats and dogs, for the most part, are very different, but still very social creatures. Yeah, they show their they show their affections in very different ways, and I can say this because I've got both. Mm-hmm. My dogs are very all over me. They love to be on my lap. They love to be on me. They love to sleep next to me. Quite literally pressed up against me, I have nearly fallen out of the bed quite a few times thanks to them. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things like, it's the way how they are portrayed is why people have an issue with them. Because personality types are just that way. Because you guys also throw in things like toxic masculinity. Because most, as far as I'm aware, this is mostly a man thing. I don't really see women complaining about this at all. It's usually men being like, fucking cat owners. You know? A little bit. A lot of times I've seen it be mixed. I really don't see women doing that at all. Oh, there are some who don't like it, but that's for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say they don't like cats for personal reasons, like yeah. they're allergic to them or something like that. Yeah, but from like an emotional and, God, I hate cat owners kind of thing, it's mostly a male thing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen people say, I hate this owner. Being a cat owner myself, mm-hmm. I love my little fur butt. Yeah. Like, we're both animal people. I'm not trying to say, you know, oh, mine is better than yours. I'm saying. Oh, no. What I'm saying is I've never seen a woman be like, ugh, I hate cats. Dogs are so much better. Yeah, and I think it's because when it comes to, I'm going to speak a little bit more, which kind of refers back to our previous topic a little bit. Yeah. Men are very socially touched, starved creatures. That is a, yeah, that's fair. And... What are dogs' favorite things to do? They like to get right up in your face. They like to lick you, and they like to be pet. Well, it depends on the dog. Pet depends on the dog, for the most part. But personality-wise, that's their base instinct. They like to be right next to who they mm-hmm. consider their family or part of their pack. Whereas cats, basically, if they get close to you, it's because they want to be a here. Yeah. It's... Actually, it's a little bit different than that, because fun little fact... I'm being my, a smartass. I know. You're being a smartass. <laughs> fun little fact about my cat... She does not like to be right next to me. Mm-hmm. She does not like to be right next to me, but she needs, she likes to be in the same room as me. So if I'm sitting there and I'm watching my shows or I'm playing a game, a lot of times I'll be sitting in a chair and she'll be sitting on the couch and she'll kind of have her face turned towards me, but she's, you know, 10 feet away. Right. If I'm sleeping is the only difference in which I'm I'm sleeping in my normal position, and she's on the corner of the bed. Well, I think we kind of got our answer for what we think might be the answer. If we said anything that may be considered sexist, we're not trying to be. We just don't have a good answer. Yes, dogs are very in-your-face love, while cats are much more loving from a distance. Yeah. I will say this. We we were also bringing the fact of, why do we just also give these kind of terrible stereotypes to other kind of pet owners? Like, for instance... I'm going to say this right now, the weirdo stereotype when it comes to people who are snake owners, spider owners, and really anything that's not white with the norm. I mean, I can understand the snakes and the spiders a little bit because some of the biggest fears in the world come from snakes and spiders. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm arachnophobic as well, and I, here's the thing, I will basically talk a lot of shit, but honestly, I don't care if you have a spider or not. It's just, I feel like we've been giving a lot of stigma. That's been, it's a very old stigma as well. It's, I feel like for something like that, it's the fact that a sense is not the norm, and this is very a 19, this is a very boomer view. If it is not in the main, you are weird. That is very true. I will say, 
as long as you keep them in a cage, you're properly taking care of them, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, you know, be you. Yeah. It's like when you bring them out and you're trying to like pass them to people who are clearly like, no, 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 no. Yeah, then you're the dick. Then you're being a little bit of a dick. A little, a little bit. bit of Because there are some animals out there. Granted, tarantulas are usually defanged. They're usually, you know, same thing with snakes, or at least de-venomed. But the fact matters, there's still people who have trauma, or they just... Fear is a very powerful motivation. And even if you have a dog, because dog is also another big one, do not push your animals on people. PSA. Yes. Don't do that. I will say, fun fact, I have held a snake before. Same. And it is weird. No, that's a very different texture from what you would normally... Yeah, it's like, you expect them to be very hard, very scaly, and they're not. Yeah, they're quite soft. Like, they're not fluffy soft, they're just... Yeah, it's not fluffy soft, but you, you feel it and you're like, oh, I was expecting, like, coarse scales. No, this is, like, super smooth. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a muscle tendon. Yeah, exactly. I think what I held was, like, an El... El Kingo or something like that? It was, it was like a... It was a Southern American snake. Oh, uh, okay. So. Uh, let's see here. Another one is bird owners are also tend to get a lot of flack as well. Okay, yes. I can speak on this as someone who wants to and mm -hmm. has owned birds before. Quack. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have had my fair share of interactions with birds. I actually haven't. I want a bird. I really do. But it's one of those things that, well, one, cat. Yes, that has always been the biggest problem. And two, birds, depending on what you get, are either super long-lived or the exact opposite. Or very short. And that's there's really no in-between with them. I can say, as someone who has owned two birds over the course of his life, I have owned a parakeet mm -hmm. and a bung bungee, or a bungee, yep. whatever it's called. I can't remember its name right off the top of my head. Have you guys watched JonTron? Those birds. Yes, one of those. They are very social creatures as well. Mm -hmm. They are very social. They love to talk. They love to be in groups. And if you don't provide that to them, they can usually get a little cranky and a little stir crazy. Yeah. And I think it's those kinds, the people who don't properly take care of them and properly give them socialization, where this stigma comes from. It's also the fact that birds in general are kind of noisy. And even if you're a cat owner or something like that, I can understand why that's a problem. Then again, our cat is fucking loud as shit, so I guess I can't say anything. <laughs> Dane has witnessed. Yes. <laughs> I will say, who do I think are the best people to own a bird? There are those who have a very set schedule, or who have a very uninteresting life, and they're okay with that. And they're young. And they're young. Because some birds are very short-lived, like bungees, parakeets, and all that. Canaries, so on. It, their their lifespans are usually about 8 to 10 years. Whereas you get something like a parrot or a cockatiel or something like that, they are very, very long-lived. Yeah, we're talking like 50 to 60 years. Higher, actually. Closer to 80. Yeah, they can live as long as humans. Mm -hmm. It's, I will say this, when it comes to birds, I want to own a bird. Not necessarily a parrot, because I don't like the idea of something yelling at me if I'm just... Here I am, just like, you know, doing my own thing, and suddenly, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of a learning thing. Some mm -hmm. birds like to mimic their their surroundings, so if it's saying, fuck you, there's a little bit of a problem. 
No, I don't think my, I think my vocabulary is fine. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, that'd be mostly I think that'd be more Rose than me. Okay, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> but in all honesty, some birds do like to mimic their surroundings and they'll say all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen so many videos of people just saying something or having full blown conversations with birds. Mm-hmm. And I like birds because. Yes, I do have that uninteresting life, as I'm sure you are all aware. I like to have a companion with me. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, that as well. But this was like before when I had just moved here or when I had just moved somewhere and I didn't know anybody. What? (laughs) Don't don't even get me started on my chocobo. (laughs) I love love Nocturne. Mm -hmm. So I will say this is one... You know what stereotype I don't really see a whole lot of when it comes to a certain pet owner? Rabbits. Rabbits? Yeah, or guinea pigs, or hamsters, basically the rodents. Because usually they're like kids or something. I will say as well, this also falls to rats and mice. Oh my god, yeah. But to be fair, rats are so friendly. Rats are very friendly if they are properly domesticated. Mm -hmm. Same thing with guinea pigs, same thing with hamsters. They are very social creatures. They're very much like cats in the regard they love being in warm spots. Yeah. (laughs) And to be fair, they're also a lot easier to clean up after Sable. (laughs) That's a little bit of a reference to what happened tonight, but we won't get into that. Also, another one that I feel like I wish there was more communication about, because they're still kind of in the weirdo territory, but not talked about a lot. Lizard people. Oh, yes, those who have iguanas and... Geckos, salamanders. I've known some people who have owned iguanas, all those kinds of things, and they're just like, oh, yeah, they just like to chill out and do their own thing. They're very passive creatures. They're not going to be, you know, dicks unless you're dicks to them. And if they're fed, they're not going to be like, you know, bite, bite. Yeah, no, if they're fed, they're just going to, literally, they'll have have them just hang on their arms, and they'll just hang out. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're going to edit this, Dane. I really don't. <laughs> I'll think of something. <laughs> and then he literally just gets a, a chocobo sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> don't tempt me. If I didn't think we'd get copyright striked, oh, I would. God, right. Actually, could. We'll talk about this off mic. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think with that, we should probably call it. We've been going at it for a little bit, and hey, we both had topics we were very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, it should be about an average length episode after editing, so we should be good. Woo! Excellent. With that, I've been Dane. I've been Luke. Enjoy your drinks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.